really quick, I'm gonna talk to you just for a couple of minutes. You've done your assignment at the table. We'll get to that in just a second. A couple of things I really wanna make sure that you know. I, I wanna let you know that I'm personally thankful for my church. I love my church. I'm personally thankful for my family. Maybe it's a tradition at your, your house to go around the room and say what you're thankful. Honestly, we didn't do that this Thanksgiving. Sometimes we do. But I do know that I probably, you probably would agree with me, at least the kids would agree with me, that all of us are collectively and corporately thankful that we now can talk about, what does a fox say? Right? Now, I want to say a public rebuke of Adam King, our youth pastor, for introducing my children to that song. I took them roller skating a couple of weeks ago, and when I went roller skating, yes, I went roller skating back in the day, it was Jump by Van Halen, amen? And my kids were doing roller skating to What Does a Fox Say? That just doesn't seem quite right. But I want you to, if you turn in your Bibles or flip to your Bibles on your phone, I want you to look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, and also in 17. And so, would love for you to just camp out there. We're going to make a couple of observations in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, and then again in 17. Paul's writing a letter. He's writing a letter to the, to the folks in the Colossian Christians in the city of Colossae. And, and so what he's doing is there's a couple of issues that are going on. First of all, Paul really never visited, visited this city. He didn't go to this city. Actually, Epaphras was the one who planted this church or these churches in this area. But Paul had realized there's a couple of things that are going on. And number one, Judaism was, was interfering with the gospel. Judaism, as we've looked at through the book of Galatians, was adding to Christianity. Jesus plus something equals everything. And that was also the case in the city of Colossae. So, so then we, we take a look at what other components or opponents of the gospel. We have a, a, a thing called Gnosticism, or it's a belief called Gnosticism, which was the secret knowledge. They did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and it was this the secret knowledge that you had to have in order to, ha to know everything about God and everything about life. And so Paul's writing this letter, and he starts out by giving them, encouraging them, and talking about the strength that they have. And then he comes to verse 12, and he says, here, I want you to have reasons why we give thanks. Reasons why we give thanks. So the first one that we have is it found in verse 12. I'm going to read the whole section for you, the first two verses, and then we'll make some points. Verse 12 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 17 says this, and he is before all things and in him all things hold together. So my statement here is that the reason that we can be thankful Paul's writing this, he's remembering, he's hearing about their faith, he's hearing about what's going on, and he writes and says, hey, here's why we can be thankful. The first thing that we can be thankful is, number one, he qualified us. Now, the word qualified is in the what tense? It's in the past tense, and so you have an answer there on your table with you and the kids. Qualified is in the past tense. It's something that happened before. It did not happen presently, it happened in the past. 
And so where does our qualification come from? Does it come from our good works? Does it come from our church attendance? Does it come from how many Bible studies we attend? Does it come from us being good and kind and serving all kinds of different acts? No, where does our qualification come from? First of it says in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father, that's where our qualification comes. It's what he did, not what we do. So giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. And I pray that this Thanksgiving and this season, you will never ever get over the past tense of that verb. That he qualified you, that he did that. Also, what does it say in there? It says that he qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the light. So what he's talking about is he's looking at all the Christians that came before, all the ones who have said, yes, I believe in Jesus, I have repented and placed my faith in him. What he's saying is, you are all together and you can share in this inheritance that you get. When Granddad White was getting ready to, when, when he was around 80 years old, now he's with Jesus right now, but Granddad White was Dana's grandfather, my wife's grandfather, and every time I'd come in, he said, all right, get your inheritance list together, write on this piece of tape and stick it on the bottom of the furniture of everything you want. That's what Granddad would do. And he's like, now listen, when I'm dead and gone, you tip it up on the bottom, look and see what tape is on there, what name is written, and it's yours. That's your inheritance. That's what granddad would do. Well, here he's talking about you've been qualified, and now what happens is you get to have the inheritance that everything that Christ has, you get. Man, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's a reason to give thanks, because what? He qualified us to share in that inheritance of light. Second thing I want you to see is that he delivered us. He delivered you. He delivered us. Look at the second part of the verse. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Now the word darkness has the connotation of ignorance, falsehood, delusion, sin, and it's the realm of Satan. That's really what darkness means or what it connotes. It has basically in its, in its basic meaning that you don't know enough or that you're ignorant about something. And so the, also the word delivered is basically the word rescue. And so here he comes, still talking about God the Father. What did he do? He qualified you. That's past tense. He delivered you. That's past tense. And that's good news. He delivered you. He rescued you. I went white water rafting. Uh, excuse me, I went white water rafting and it had to be rescued in a white water accident. But also went to St. Martin. I went to St. Martin. And while I was at St. Martin, I was going to a beach to swim. I was with my wife and her parents. And we didn't have any kids at that time, and so we're out there, and I, I see, and this lady starts jumping up, and she goes under, and she comes up, and she goes under. And when she came up, she started yelling, help, like she was really in distress. And so she came up again and went back under, and I said, I think she's drowning. And so I ran out there in, in, in like lifeguard fashion, never been a lifeguard before in my life. I ran out there, it was about eight feet of water, and what was happening was, she got stuck in a riptide and was pushing off of a reef and was coming up and going back down and coming up and going back down. And so basically I went over there, grabbed this lady, a 50 year old lady, and when I grabbed her, she just gave up. She just, it was like dead weight in the ocean and, and brought her back in and um, she just said, I, I gave up. I thought I was dead. I thought I was dead. Here's what happens, here's what happens. God comes to us and he says in, in Ephesians chapter one, chapter one, excuse me, chapter two, that we were dead in trespasses and sin. And here's what happened, past tense, he came to deliver us, deliver us 
rescue us because what? We are dead and we need to be delivered. And he did that and that's in the past tense. That's in the past tense. Third word that we have on your, on your little handout there. The word is transferred, transferred. He transferred you, he transferred us. Take a look in this next part of the verse. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and, this is beautiful, and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son and whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Now remember, this is past tense. And when Paul was writing this letter, he knew very clearly that what would happen is they would understand that most of the time, most of the time there were empires who would conquer a smaller empire. They would take that empire and they would transfer them into their empire or their region. They would move them from one region to the other region. And so the word transfer made a lot of sense when Paul was writing this letter to the people that he was, he was talking to. Because Paul knew who he was writing to and he wanted to make a reference. He wanted to have a connection point. So when you use that word transfer, they knew, oh yeah, we would go from here and we would go from here. Listen, I don't want to offend anybody right now, but I lived in Pennsylvania, Reading, Pennsylvania for one year. God bless, I'm sorry if this offends you, but it was one year too long. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, forgive me, okay? But listen, let me tell you this. I lived in Reading, Pennsylvania for one year. I was in the second grade and it was Mrs. Kullbach's fault because I had a problem with talking. I know that you have a, you, that's a surprise to some of you. And I always would get in trouble and so she would always put me in the corner. Now listen, you can't do that today, but I always got put in the corner because I would talk too much. But here's what happened. This is what happened. My dad came, I never forget this as long as I live. My dad came home as a businessman and he says, we had a family meeting and he says, okay, they want to transfer us. They want us to tran they want to transfer us to New York, upstate New York, Boston Lake, New York. They want to transfer us. And I said, what does transfer mean? He says, basically what they're going to do is they're going to come in and they're going to take us, they're going to pick us up, and they're going to move us over here, and they're going to give us a new house. And I said, I'm in. I'm in. Get me out of Pennsylvania. And we got new, and this is what happened. I got, up to, I got up to New York, and I'm like, there's snow forever. Sledding, moon boots, snow. I mean, it's incredible. Don't knock the moon boots, okay? Somebody over here is knocking the moon boots. But here, here's what's going, here's what happened. Here's what happened. What happened when I got transferred is I got a new room. Listen, this was really cool. When I was in Pennsylvania, I had to share a room with my brother. But when I got transferred, I got my own room. It was awesome. It was unbelievable. And so here's what Jesus is saying. This is what God did for us. He qualified us. He delivered us. But not only that, he transferred us. He took us and said, here is where your home is. Now I'm putting you over here. Guys, that's reason to give thanks right there. Because it's in the past tense. And so here we are, we sit back and we can look and we can see, hey, we've been, we've been qualified, we've been delivered, and we've been transferred. What have we been transferred from? Take a look at what it says. You've been transferred from the domain of darkness. That's the realm of Satan. And, what, and transferred to, transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son and his name is Jesus. What, what is the result when we are transferred, qualified, and delivered? What's the result? Take a look in verse 14. In whom we have, present tense or past tense? That's present, right? We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 
Man, that is just unbelievable. So here's what I really want to share with you right now. I, I don't know about you, but my kids ask the question, why, all the time. My kids ask the question, why? So kids, listen up to me right now. Okay, stop drawing. I want you to listen to me. And when I say go, you're going to ask this question, why did God do that? You got it? That's your question. Kids, only kids. Are you ready, kids? Well, kids, why did God do that? One, two, three. I'm glad you asked, guys. Okay, now listen to me. That's your one why question for today. You have no more. Okay, that's your one why. So why did God do that? <laughs> why did God have to do that? I want you to look at verse 17. Look at 17. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's why. Because God is the center of everything. And here he comes and he says, this is what Jesus did for us. He, he came so that we would be redeemed, that we would be qualified, that we would be delivered, that we would be transferred, that this was our home and now we have a new home. And here's what I want to do as I wrap this up right now. Those words are past tense. And my prayer for you is that you will be able to look back and be thankful because those words are in the past tense. And you can sit there and you can say unequivocally, I've been qualified, I've been transferred, and I've been what? What's the next one? Hang with, what is it? Delivered, okay? Qualified, delivered, and transferred. Those are in the past tense. Because here's the big idea for you right now. The past tense makes the present make sense. I'll say it for you again. It's the past tense makes the present make sense. As we unpack what that means, it's, it's very clear. What God desired to do in you happened in the past. You are not qualified. You are not transferred. You are not delivered. You are not redeemed. You are not loved because of something that you do in and of yourself. You are qualified, you are delivered, you are transferred because of what he did. And when we take a look at the past tense, we can celebrate, we can give thanks because the past tense makes the present right now, it makes sense in life. What is life all about? Life is all about the gospel. Life is all about living for the glory of God and for the fame of his name. That's what life is all about. The Westminster Confession says that the chief end of men is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so if you were to ask us, well, what's your purpose and what's my purpose? I think it's the same, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And the way we do that is we rest, but not be content. We rest in being qualified, delivered, and transferred. When we understand that the past tense makes the present, the right now, it makes it make sense. It makes life make sense. That's really what I want to encourage you with this morning, is that taking a look at the past tense of those words so that you'd be encouraged to live now and help God to define for you what living really is all about. Let me go ahead and pray for you. Let's, we're gonna stand here in just a minute and let's sing. God, I love you and I thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, for the opportunity that we have to look at the text and look at the past tense words. Lord, I'm grateful that I don't have to be qualified or I'm not working to be qualified or I'm not working to be transferred or I'm not working to be delivered. That God, you did that. You did that in me. You reminded those in the churches there that 
you did that. That was something in the past. And I pray that the past tense of those words, what God would make the present make sense to us right here, right now. God, may you be glorified as we stand and sing together and just celebrate and give thanks to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Aren't you glad that our salvation is not based on us being a good parent, a good mom, or a good dad? If our salvation is best on those things, then we've really messed up, right? Our salvation is based on what Christ said has been done, that you are qualified, that you are delivered, and that you are transferred. And there's another word, and it's in John 3.16, and you can say it with me, for God so loved, and it's past tense, because the past tense makes the present right here, right now, it makes it make sense, because that's really what life is all about. And I pray that this Thanksgiving, I pray that this holiday season, that you don't get wrapped up in consumerism, but you'll remember that our salvation is not based on our performance. It's clearly based on what Christ has done and done in the full. Just a few minutes, we've got a video right here we want you to see. It's uh, called December at Northwest. And so we want to go ahead and let you see that video. It's called Let You Know on basically what's going on here at the church so that you can go ahead and find out and make plans around the holiday schedule about what's happening. So go ahead, take a look at this video, and then the, have a seat, and the band will come back and finish, close things out. Hey, Northwest, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. It's great to have a time when we can uh, be thankful for all that God has done for us. And certainly as part of the Northwest family, you know God's done some incredible things uh, this year. In fact, I'm standing on the property that uh, we believe in just a few short months God is gonna give us in order that we might be able to build a facility, that we might be able to more effectively reach and serve the people in this community. One of the things I'm most thankful for this year at Northwest is all the new faces that we see among us. It's been great as we've seen people walk through our doors. There are some, they're new to the area, they're Christ followers. They're just simply looking for a place to worship, to fellowship, and to serve in this community. We're so glad that they've come here to Northwest. On the other hand, there are a number of folks that have come to Northwest, and they're seeking answers to some of life's greatest questions. We believe Northwest is a great place to explore what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. If you find yourself in that place this morning, we're glad that you're here at Northwest. Hey, another thing I'm really thankful for is how you participated in Operation Christmas Child this year. You'll remember we had as a goal to get 200 shoe boxes. Well, you blew that out of the water. You gave almost 35% more. We had 268 boxes that were packed for children. And those boxes will go all over this globe, not only with great things that little kids will open up on Christmas morning, but most importantly, with the life-changing message of the gospel. Thanks for being generous. Well, we're gonna have an opportunity on Christmas Eve to gather together as a church family. That's always a special time for us here at Northwest. And we encourage you, if you're in town, to make sure that you're a part of our Christmas Eve service here at Northwest. It's always a great time, it's an hour in length, and we focus upon the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Make sure that you're here, and if you have friends and family in town, make sure you bring them. If you have neighbors that don't have a place to go on Christmas Eve, we welcome them here at Northwest. In just a few short months, we'll be sharing with you what we believe God has given us as a vision for what we might accomplish here on this property. Our desire is to build a place, certainly, where the church gathers for worship. But even more than that, we want this to be a place where our community comes for help and for hope. A place where they encounter Jesus at the crossroads of life. And you might be saying right now, well, what can I do? How can I help? 
The greatest thing that you can do right now is pray. Pray that God might make it very clear to you and to your family what role you have in seeing this vision become a reality right here on this land in Northwest Cary. These are exciting days here at Northwest, and I'm so glad to be able to share them with you.